0: Log Talk Radio
1: Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. I am Evangelist Todd T.C. Nelson, and Jesus and I are your hosts here on The Real Rap, coming live from com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And this is our 1,946th episode. Hallelujah. Human or demon? To be or not to be? To be human or to rent your body out? To be or not to be? Human or not? That's the question. From the beginning, ever since mankind turned, turned from God in rebellion, mankind has been subjected to two major spiritual evils, sin and demons. The effect of sin is universal. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God Romans two twenty three. Sin has defiled the human race as a whole in every area of each personality in every individual human. Our personality has been corrupted by sin is called in the New Testament our old our old man, Romans six and six, or the flesh. Galatians 5:24. The old man describes the rebellion nation each of us has inherited from our first parent, Adam. Adam did not begot any children until he, he was in the state of rebellion against God after being cast out of the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3:24 and 4 and 1. <clears throat> the term the flesh does not refer to... In this context, to our physical bodies, but to the corrupt nature that, but the corrupt nature that is part of the inheritance each of us has received at birth. Let me read that again. <coughs> Excuse me, something my throat, <clears> throat. The term "the flesh" does not refer in this text uh, to our personal bodies, but to but to the corrupt nature that is part of the inheritance we all we each has have received at birth. We was, we was born into a sinful world. Because you was born into a sinful world, you inherited a sinful nature. It's just like a child. You always call them terrible twos. Why is it when you have a child running around a house playing and they break something and you ask that child, did you do this? And the first thing that child says is no. We're learning that we don't have to teach our children how to lie. We've got to teach our children how to do good, speak tell the truth. So lying, we know, is a sin. So the first thing a child says is a lie rather than saying, yes, I did that. They learned that because they're born into a sinful world, and because of that sinful nature, that's their first response. Two different adjectives are used in the English translation to describe this corrupt nature, fleshly and carnal. These are really two different ways of translating the same Greek word, for practical purposes, these two expressions, the old man and the flesh, may be used uh, interchangeably. Describes our corrupt, fallen, sinful nature. Although the problem is sin, if although the problem of sin is universal, the problem with demons is not. Many members of our fallen human race, the Jim Joneses the Charlie Mansons, the Dave Crushes, the Ted Bundys, the Alva, um, um, Adolf Hitlers, the Jesse Dahmers, and the Jane, John Wayne Gacy's, all have come under the influencing power of demons. If mankind had never thought an evil thought, having an evil desire, or seeking to please oneself, all coming from pride, we would never have been vulnerable to demon attacks. You must understand it starts with you. A biochemist once said, a human body is attacked readily by cancerous cells. When the body is healthy, its immune system identifies and attacks the cancerous cells, and they, can, and they are unable to harm the body. But when the body has been, has been weakened by illness or some kind of emotional shock, The immune system is unable to do its job effectively, and some form of cancer can develop somewhere in the human body. You see, this is exactly how it is with demons. Demons, disembodied spirits, continually seeking to invade a person. Jesus speaks on this, the unclean spirit. But when the person is spiritually healthy, the spiritual immune system identifies and attacks the demon, and they are not able to move in and take over. In Matthew twelve forty-three and 45, it shows the emotions, I mean the will, the emotions, the, the desire, and the focus of demons. As Jesus teaches us, when he says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he says, I will return unto my house from which I came out. And when he, and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with him seven of the spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse from the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Let's get an understanding of what we said about will. Let's break it down for you. Okay. When the word of God says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of the man, he walketh through dry places seeking. Seeking insinuates focus. Have you ever lost, I don't know, your purse, your wallet, your keys, Something very damn important to you. You know it was sitting right here. I put it right here. I know I put it right there. I mean, come on. It was sitting. I came in. I put it right here. And now you start going from there to there to there to there looking for this object that's focused. You're starting to tune in to where it was at last and to where it might have been or have gone to. Because I might have put it here. Then I might have moved it over to here. So when the Word of God says he's seeking he seek rest, he, that shows demons have focus. Now, and when it says, and you know, you keep looking and looking and looking and you can't find it, here comes that emotion of anger or upsetness because you can't find it, you get upset. That's what the Word of God says. He says, and when he seeketh, he findeth not. That shows the emotion of a demon getting upset because when the when, when Word of God says, then he says, I will, I will shows determination, a desire. Return unto the house from which I came out of. That's a statement. I'm mad about this. I can't go no I can't find now I'm going back home. I don't care what nobody said, I'm going back here. and nobody gonna stop me. So that shows a bunch of emotions. And when he cometh, we turn the page real quick. <laughs> he finds it empty, swept and garnished. That's happiness. The Spirit of God didn't move in. So when he finds that house that he lived at, he's happy now because it's swept, it's clean, and it's garnished. So he can come back in and enter it with no problem. But see, once again, that emotion that God wants to show, that focus God wants to show, that desire that wants to show, because he desires not to be cast out. He desires to stay in that house. He desires to be there because remember the word God says, when a demon is cast out it looked was about dry places. So when he got so he was already in this house, he was already dwelling in this house, he was already living there. But when he got cast out, he got sent. So so this time he's gonna make sure can't nobody move him out because then he goes and taketh with himself several seven other spirits more wicked than himself. He brought back up. How many times we all grown? up, I'm 55, I'm pretty sure everybody my age, younger than me and older than me, all grew up with that one kid that had like four or five brothers. And every time something gets started, he want to be the one running his mouth, want to be the one starting everything. But as soon as something kick off, what do you do? Go go get his brothers. There come his four brothers. his five brothers coming down the street. Now he's big man. Can't nobody say nothing to him now. He feel good now. He got his brothers with him. I mean? And when his brothers come down the street, you know what happens. They're going be beat everybody up. That's what the Word said. God saying right here. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. God is showing you that demons are full of emotions. He's showing you that demons have a will. They have, a, they have emotions, desire, and a focus. Even though they do not have a human body, even though they're not humans, because they have a will, because they have emotions, because they can do these, they have these things that we have. They are, that's why they seek for us. That's why it makes them, this makes them a living thing. This makes them tangible because you just can't see it, but you can feel it. If you can feel it, it's tangible. You feel the wind, you can't see the wind, but you know it's there because when it blows, you can feel it. It's tangible. Same things with demons. He says, When I he says, I will return unto my house. This is how demons see us. Jesus has said it over and over again. It's not the first time we spoke on how demons see us as a as a house, but this is how they see us, because your body is a power source. We watch so many paranormal cameras. you watch so many all these movies and stuff. They need that electricity. Your body is that source of electricity that they need to be in our world, and once we understand that, you get a better understanding on how to defeat them. Any kind of any kind of unhealthiness or emotional weakness in you makes you vulnerable for demons attack. You got to guard yourself every day. So tonight, so tonight, Jesus will be teaching us on exorcism the reasons why they are needed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, I always come to you first in spirit and only in truth, always worshiping you, always praising you, always glorifying you, always uplifting your name. Always coming, and giving and you thanks, Father God, always for this opportunity is bestowed upon us, Father God. Always ask you, Father God, to denounce me, Father God, and then pour me in with your spirit, Father God. Pour me in the spirit, Father God, that would, that would take thine words, Father God, and put the meanings and the emphasis into thy words, Father God, that it would be resonant in our brother's and sister's minds, Father God, to break Lucifer's strongholds and, and his chains that he has on us, Father God. Father God, we're giving you the glory, giving you the praise. We know what your word was set forth, what you set forth for it to do. So we say thank you. And only in Jesus Christ, and blessed Holy Name, we claim the victory over Lucifer, all that's fallen with him, all that's influenced by him. And in my last, our Master, Lord, the same Name, Father God, by His Son Jesus Christ, we say yes unto you. We thank you and exalt you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. What is an exorcism? The goal of Lucifer is the destruction of civilization. God is the one who has given structure and order to society. Lucifer wants to destroy God's plans for humanity and replace it with His own. Lucifer's first attempt was in the Garden Eden, when he convinced Adam and Eve to disobey God's commandment, not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 2:17. Even to this day, Lucifer, continue, Lucifer continues with his activities. In order to fight back and win over Lucifer and his fallen, the church uses the ministry of exorcism. An exorcism is a specific form of prayer that an exorcist uses to disrupt Lucifer's plans and to help those who have fallen under Lucifer's powers. By the authority of Jesus Christ, it is the authority and the power that's within Jesus' name that brings the unclean, the unclean, impure, the disembodied, familiar spirit demons under control and cast out. In Matthew's 10 and 8, Jesus told his disciples, in Matthew's 10 and 8, Jesus told his t- disciples, I'm in the wrong, all right. Jesus told his disciples, what am I doing? Right, thank you, Lord. I'm so Okay, I'm jumping ahead of my. Life. Jesus told the disciples to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. This means when we, when as an exorcism, we're doing a job, we don't take pay for this. You can't give no exorcism, ask them to do this, and then pay them for it. But see, if you take the money, what we're doing, we're doing for God. The whole thing we're doing is to help you get rid of, not only help you, but educate you on what's going on to recognize things so these things will happen again and giving you the source, the authority, and the power only through Jesus Christ to win over these spirits. So every time I ask you to go do a job, it's for Christ. If you accept pay for it, then you are doing it for the money. The demon is not going to go nowhere. A great example of the proof of Jesus' authority and power over Lucifer and his demons and them recognizing Jesus' authority by just one demon is in Mark 5, 5, and 9, where the word God says, And it was night and day. He was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? I adore thee, by God, that thou torment me not. For he said, Jesus, unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, Jesus, ask him, What is thy name? And he answered the unclean spirit, answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. For we are many. Now, in verse 5 proves that demons and demons have intelligence. It has the ability to get you to do what they want, as we read here. And, and as always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs. When you hear the word tombs, it means um, graveyard. Crying and cutting himself with stones. Now, I'm pretty sure this man did not want to be hanging out in those cemetery in the tombs, running around crying and screaming and cutting himself with stones, causing himself bodily harm. He didn't want to do that. But the demons are intelligent enough to get you to do what they want you to do. That's one proof. In verse 6 and 7, the demon recognized who Jesus was it's as a child does when a first time called by their parent. My son, when he was little, my son's name is Malcolm, he's 35 now, but when he was little, a little kid, and pretty sure when you kids too, when I yelled at him, Malcolm, come here, he would stop, turn around, and then come back to me. He stopped because he recognized the voice of who was speaking to him, meaning he recognized who was calling him. And because he recognized who was calling him, he turned around and came back. When he's stopping him in his tracks, is the authority. He heard. He recognized the voice of the person. That's my dad. Let me stop. Turn around. That's the authority. The power in that being his dad and that word was making him come towards me. As in verse 8 shows the power in Jesus' voice, for when the demon heard God, Jesus' voice, it came right out of the man. And in verse 9 of Mark 5 proves demons have self-awareness. For when Jesus asked the man, what is the demon, what is in your name, he identified himself and the others. We all know that they were cast out into, cast out of the man and into the swine that violently ran down a steep place into the sea. This is what verse 13 speaks on. Now, check this out. Now, this is just one demon that has many in it that all have the same driving focus of destroying humanity, a desire, of lucifer's now in just this one demon lives two thousand reason through the eyes of the holy spirit these two thousand demons at once knew who jesus was and left at his command i personally don't know any other way cast out any demons other than in the name of jesus christ my mentor, Apostle Paul, proves the only way to cast out any demons is only in the name of Christ, as in Acts sixteen, as in Acts sixteen verses sixteen to eighteen, and it says, and it came to pass, as we as, we, as and it came to pass as we went to pray, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination, meaning fortune telling, met us, was brought her. Turn the page, which brought her masters much gain and smooth, saying, The same followed Paul and us and crying, saying, These are the men, these are the men, these men are the servants of the most high God, which showed unto us the way of salvation. And she did this many days, but Paul began grief, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. And we saw, it shows you right there that through Jesus Christ, Jesus, Paul knowing who Jesus Christ was, Paul walking with Christ, obedient to Christ, a follower of Christ, knew that he could not cast demon, that demon out on his own. He knew the demon would not recognize his voice. He knew the demon would not obey his voice. He knew he didn't have the authority or the power to even come to approach that demon because it said for several days he followed them. When Apostle Paul got grieved, he turned and said to her, that's when it hit him, you know something, that's right. Now you be doing something, oh, man, that's right. I, can, I don't know why I'm doing this when I, all I do is this. So he turned around and the Holy Spirit hit him. Man, you, you going to let this kid keep doing this? She's tormenting, free her of that demon. That's where they hit him in verse 18 turned around and said, Look here, I command you, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ. When that demon heard the name of Jesus Christ, it left. Which shows the power and the authority that lies within Christ's name. And for those who don't know the name of Jesus Christ and think you have the power to cast out, remove, clean houses out of unclean and pure disembodied spirit. Jesus said in Matthew ten three and 33, whosoever therefore shall confess me before man, he will I confess also before my father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before man, him will I also deny before my father, which is in heaven. Jesus let you know if you don't know him, he don't know you. Because demons know if Jesus knows you or not. And in Acts 19, 13, and 16, speaks on those who think they know Jesus, but will soon find out Jesus don't know them. Acts, 13, Acts 19, 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews exorcists. Took upon themselves to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of Lord, name of the Lord Jesus, saying, "We adjure you by Jesus King Paul preached." And then, and they were, and there were seven sons of one servant a Jew and a chief of the priests, which did so. Evil spirit answered and said, "Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know." But who are you? And the men in whom the evil spirits was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. You cannot approach these demons thinking they're going to bow, bow down to you or, or you have the authority to do this job. Because you may see somebody else doing it, and you think, oh, I can do that too. No. <laughs> if you don't have Jesus, and they, now you know. They know if you do or don't. I strongly suggest don't play that game. Many people today have some idea of what the word exorcism means based on their own research or definition that has been shaped by modern culture. There seems to be a great fascination today with evil spirits. Exorcisms, magic, witchcraft, and paranormal activities. We can't seem to get enough of evil, and this is Lucifer's plans, to get us interested in worldly things to take our focus off of God's plans. This is reflected in our popular movies, music videos, television shows, news articles, and all over the Internet. The beginning of this renewed fatuation with exorcism can be, con- can, can be contributed to the movie Exorcism. Produced by William Peter Belt, Belly, Belty and released in December of 1973. Now, get a real close, listen real close, Okay. When you watch these movies of these exorcisms going on and you see these priests being beaten up and losing to the demons and being torn apart by these demons, it is not that evil is stronger than God. It is not that. You cannot go up to a demon with sins on you. They know that. This is how they know if God walks with you or not. This is how they know if you're walking with Jesus or not. Because if you're walking with Jesus, you have a daily walk process you're doing to keep yourself clean at all times. It's like that movie, um, Golden Child, when a man, when a dude wrote down to Eddie Murphy, keep your thoughts as pure as the water. Eddie yelled back, the water ain't that pure. Dude yelled back to Eddie, neither are you. And we're not. Our thoughts. That's where our impurity comes from, our thoughts. Our thoughts is who we are. Our character comes from that. Demons know that. So when you're sitting there Thinking that you can have the power to cast these demons out and do what you want to do, you can't. And these exorcists are, are going into these rooms not clean. In the movie Exorcism, 1973 like Exorcism movie, the first, the first two priests that went to the room, the older priest, he had problem with children. If you watch the movie again and you listen real closely, they'll tell you that he had problem with children, so they moved him to one. They use him when exorcisms need to be checked out. They sent another guy with him to keep him on point. So the, the old guy and the young boy was in there was getting beat up by the demon. The young boy had no experience at all in exorcism. He supposed to have been learning. He, he had it rough, had the wrong type of teacher. So when they sent the other guy, the one that told the demon to come into him and he jumped out the window, when they seen him, he's supposed to they already knew he had a problem. He did his mom wrong. He, did his mom, he let his mom die and, and he never came to see her and It bothered him that he was doing that. We tried to hide that from people. But the only problem is when he came into there with that demon, the demon said to him, your mother's down here with us in hell, burning Johnny. And it shook him. Shook him to the point so much, he told the demon to come into me and leave the girl alone. So when the demon jumped on him, he jumped out the window thinking if he jumped out the window, killing himself, he would kill the demon. No, he killed himself. Because we learned last, last month and the month before that and the month before that, you cannot defeat demons with carnal weapons, with your strength, with your force. You cannot defeat them. So when you're watching these movies, exorcism movies, people are getting beat up. That's because they have something. Listen to how the demon is challenging them. That means they have something on them. There's a movie out right now called The Pope's Exorcism. I like this one. not like this one only because it does tell the truth in this one. Here, the two priests were trying to get rid of this demon. But the demon kept using what was in their past and beating them up, taking them off focus, off of what they came to do. So they went out the room, they sat down, and they started talking to each other. And they, and they started confessing their sins amongst each other and seek cleanness. Once they had cleaned themselves, they went back into the room and cast the demon out. The movie is a true movie because it, it, the, the pastor, there was, the piece they were talking about, name is um, Father Gabriel, Antoine. I ordered his book. I have his book. I've been studying it. So I know. What he's saying is true. Plus, it is true. You cannot go up against a demon with spots or splinters on me. They're going to see that and use it against you, and they can defeat you. And by defeating you, stops you from doing what needs to be done, getting you frustrated, getting you mad. There's another movie called The Right with Anthony Hopkins. I love this movie. Here it is of the young man named Michael. His dad was a um, musician. He didn't want to go. Up. He didn't want to keep doing that. So he's thinking he's gonna run, just leave out of town, go anywhere. And he ran to the church, the Catholic church. After studying and studying and studying for a while, he got tired of doing that. He was really, really leave there. Then he said, the priest sits down and, and says to him, he said, out of all the places in the world, Michael, you could have ran anywhere, but you came here. And you think that was an accident? You were guided to be here. So I'm going to sit after at and meet a priest out there, out in Rome, I'm talking to talk to him and, and sit down and talk to him about exorcism. So he goes out to Rome, he meets this priest. A story, let to make the story short, that the, the, the boy, dad, died, mom died, and he, turned, he lost his faith. It's called a Wounded Time Period. So as he growing up and went to the priesthood, he over in Rome, the priest out there got possessed. When he got possessed, that's how he got his face back, because the demon started attacking him about his mom and how he flipped about his mommy because of his mom's death, how he turned his back on God, didn't believe in God. But then, then Michael started thinking, he said, wait a minute, in his mind, even him thinking, because we was saying it, if you're here and you're real, then God has to be. And that's what, what Michael strength did. Realizing and meeting his demon up close and, and personal made him realize if you're here, then God is true. And that's a, that's a major point, God, that's why I love the movie so much. It's a strong point that God made man do out there. If Lucifer is real, then God has to be. This film thrusts us into the, this film thrust us into the forefront of the reality of Lucifer and the ministry of, of an exorcist. The interesting thing about all the available information regarding exorcism is that the main goal is to provoke public interest and to create, a, um, create interest with evil Lucifer's hope. Here is, here's some real rap for you. If you were to give a lesson on God, about 20 to 30 people would show up. But if you were to give a sermon or a speech about Lucifer, over 200 to 1,000 people would show up. It seems to be people who are more interested in what Lucifer has to say. Comes to the ministry of an exorcist is focused always on what saith the Lord and helps people who have fallen into Lucifer's traps. The Word of God, the Holy Bible, gives specific instructions on how to gain victory over Lucifer and his team of demons. Excuse me. My mentor, Apostle Paul, highly recommend us to give no place to the devil, Ephesians 4, 27. Brother Peter teaches us, be sober and be vigilant. I'm vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may destroy. 1 Peter 5 and 8. And our other brother James said, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. James 4 and 7. The sad truth is far too many people are giving Lucifer an opportunity, an heir. They are not being sober minded, not watchful in their faith, and they are certainly not being are certainly not resisting Lucifer. Instead, humanity is calling on Luc- Lucifer. It seems to me that Lucifer has not opened his trap gates to humanity. Rather, humanity is dis- is discriminating is dis- dis- uh, <laughs> a willingness to open the door to the traps. Mankind has opened that door to Lucifer Trap so much, Lucifer has took the door off and put a sign up saying, open, enter at your own risk. And see, what Jesus is trying to show us is we're not looking at that last part. Enter at your own risk. Because you're getting influenced, and through this door, you can do whatever you want. Can't nobody tell you nothing it's all about you. You can live how you want to live. You can do what you want to do. Can't nobody say nothing to you. You ain't got to bow down to nobody. If you want, you can make them bow down to you. You want to be superior to somebody. You can act that way in this room, up in the, through, these, through these doors. You ain't, got, you ain't got no overhead, no nothing. But the one thing we keep selling and realizing is that through that door leads to hell, leads you straight to hell. Because walking through that door takes you out of the presence of God. We have to really get an understanding that we're we're not made for our own desires. We're made to praise God. God has a way for us to survive, to live. He has it all planned out for us. Happiness comes through all that. Once we learn to give that free will up and do the will things of God, God, God got rewards for you. And we have to accept that, but Lucifer, but that door we keep walking through that every time it goes through there, that I is I would just call it I factor. I need to do this. It's all about me. I, 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 I it leads you straight to hell. And the only thing about that is, <clears throat> excuse me, we read it, we really need to read Isaiah five and fourteen. For it speaks on hell will enlarge herself. Meaning, hell will make room for you. Don't ever think you can do all the evil you want in this world and die and go stand in front of God. And God said, you know something? I wasn't going to send you to hell, but uh hell's kind of full right now. I guess I put you in heaven. Nah. <laughs> Scratch that. You get there, God said, don't worry about it. It got room for you. Go on to the left. <laughs> for real. It got room for you. It seems to me that Lucifer has not. Oh, I already read that. Uh, for example, <laughs> for example talk about Halloween. Let's <laughs> talk about Halloween. What good comes from it? This is a holiday that was made to ward off evil spirits. The thought comes from the idea of the one night of the year. You see, the Celt people who lived during the 18th century, if you spoke Celtic language, you would consider to be Celt as Ireland, Highland, Scotland, and Wales. All believed on this one night before the new year, the boundary between the world of the living and of the dead became blurred. On that one night, October 31st, the Celt people celebrated what was called Samhain, meaning they believed that the ghosts of the dead returned. To, they were dressed up in demonic costumes. You know the costumes like ghosts, the dead, devil costumes, like the ones people wear today. It was believed by wearing these costumes, the evil spirit would see them and think the Celt people was one of them and would leave them alone. They would put candy out for the dead and would would put an extra plate out for dinner just to have that last meal with their dead loved ones. Okay. So he got to figure that out for us. When you put on that costume, there's no the only way you're gonna ward off a demon is through Christ. That is it. When you put on that costume, you have to remember demons are intelligent. They live in this world. They know who they are. You now I'm saying so. When you got that costume on and you got that you walking around this, you think you're warding them off. What you're actually doing is inviting them. All right. When I was a kid, my favorite character was a werewolf. My mom would take an old wig, cut, get an old shirt, cut it up, put, take syrup, you know, um, answer um, and mama, and put it on my skin and put the hair in spots right there in the shirt, and it made me look like I was a real werewolf. I was a kid, man, I used to watch the old, my favorite one at that time period, 1938 werewolf movie when the guy is still, just laid there and his face is turned to, that was my thing. I loved the werewolf, and every time when she got done in that costume, it was all handmade. When it was done, I was a werewolf. Oh, I did everything a wolf would do. I, I ran. I, I was the one. Oh, my God, I had fun. Later on, years coming out, I had another character I liked, Darth Vader. So, but you look at Darth Vader, his character, mean, evil. He didn't care about nothing. You straight nah, Darth Vader is? If you failed him. You were dead. <laughs> Don't sell me, Admiral. the one time, he told the one guy, I would I would go apologize to Lord Vader for our mistake. <laughs> Next scene, dude drops to the ground. You hear Lord Vader saying, "Apology accepted." So Darth Vader, he, he, you couldn't mess up with him. They was evil. They didn't care about nothing. And you see, when you put on that costume, that's the spirit you're taking on. How many times have you seen a person put on a devil's costume all of a sudden doing devilish things? A person put on a ghost costume want to scare people. Someone put a ghoul or, or another type costume on they're doing exactly what that character of that costume is doing. You're inviting that spirit of that costume onto you, so while you're walking around Halloween you got to get when you walk around you got to understand one thing. These demons are with you when you're out celebrating the night of sermon you should you're celebrating it with evil spirits. they are walking around with you. And here's the real problem: you unknowingly and unwillingly may have brought one home with you. We are created to move according to virtue, but when we when we abuse our free will of choice, when we move, abuse our free will of choice and move in wrong, move in the wrong direction, we are. Living in, we are, I'm sorry, on my phone, time so am sure my phone did cut off for me. I'm sorry, let me start over with you, my brothers and sisters. We are, we are created to move according to virtue, but when we abuse our free will of choice, we move in the wrong direction. We are living in a unique moment of human history where many people are choosing to move in the direction of Lucifer's plans. Christianity is being replaced with demonic doctrines and, cult practices that are drawing so many people away from the path that leads us to the tree of life, all because people are believing into Lucifer's falsehood, his lies. This leads us right into warfare. What is warfare? We're glad you asked that question. Warfare is a demonic attack. It is a spiritual battle between the children of God and the dark forces of Lucifer. The moment you start to feel um, pressured, pressured, stressed, depressed, feeling discouraged, empty, having a short fuse, negative thoughts, lustful feelings, anger, or hatred, When when these feelings are flooding your mind, you are under a spiritual attack called warfare. It is, most, it is almost ridiculous how many churches accept that there's a thing, there's something called warfare, but deny that it is demonic, That is demonic. It is almost considered to be a natural mood swing without talking about the source of the mood swing. Warfare is a pure demonic attack. Yes, it can definitely affect your mood swing, starting with your feelings let me break this down real quick. We were given two basic feelings: happy and sad. From happy it brings joy, from sad brings madness. So we we're happy and we're mad. We're not pressured, because see, we're not pressured, we're not stressed, we're not depressed. We weren't giving us the feeling of discouraged. We weren't being made, made to be feeling empty or having a short fuse or negative thoughts or lustful feelings. No, these things are from these are demonic attacks. Because when you're feeling pressured, you're always running around trying to figure out what's going on, why this is happening, why it's going on, which brings on the stress. Now you are stressed out because this is going on and you can't figure out how it's going on. That makes you depressed. So when you're depressed, now you're like, oh man, what am I going to do? How can I get over this? Now, oh, somebody help me! Ah, oh, ah. Now you're starting to feel discouraged. Oh my God! And now you're feeling discouraged, and you know how to do this? It makes you feel empty. Now you empty. Now, now what do I do? Who I call? I can't turn this person. They're not going to help me. I need my. Oh, and now you have. Now you start to have this. Now when you're feeling empty and you can't turn nowhere, you start to have a short. Now nobody can't come talk to you. <laughs> the help you seek it, are gonna it. Now you're so, so caught up in all these other stressful things, you start getting these, these negative thoughts, these impure thoughts. That's make you want to cut somebody out. You seeking for help though, but yet you start cussing somebody out. And we have to understand lustful feeling is not always in sex. You can lust for anything. That anything you lust for that play with from God. It could be anything. Money, car, power. You lust for these. It's a lustful feeling. And that lustful feeling is going to pull you away from God. Like, you start getting into problems like this. Where people start turning to? Drugs and alcohol. They lusting for that. Which bring on anger and hatred. Because now you've got them drugs and alcohol in you. And you're sitting there watching everybody else doing it. they doing, supposed to why you can't do all that. You get angry. Trying to get angry, you do stupid things. Like, go rob somebody. And when a hateful filler coming in there, you may even kill somebody. So that so pressure, stress, depressed, feeling discouraged, empty, having short-fused negative thoughts, lustful feelings, anger, and hatefulness, that was not given from God. That was all lucid. That's from demons. And that's how it works. It's a process, step-by-step process of breaking you down. It's not all at once tacked. It has to be a stage. First is the greeting. You meet them. They make themselves known. Then it's the torment. They're breaking you down. And the last one is the possession. So you have to watch out for yourself what you're dealing with. When these feelings are flooding your mind, you are under Okay. I did that. Okay, we read this. So understand that you are... I'm going to read the same page. You got to go back to my page back. If I'm marking myself. But... Those things are not of God. We are happy or sad. Those are the things that we have. But when we start from all those other things, you are under a demonic attack. You are under a warfare battle. Warfare is engaging in a different dimension, a world unlike ours but yet can affect our world, fighting against something you can't see but you can feel it, tangible. Demons' goal is to hurt you by all means necessary. Something Lucifer requires to be done or key. Many times they're doing their job by using people, your mom, your father, your sister, your brother, your son, your daughter, your children, your friend, your coworker, anybody at any time can be used. In order to fight against something, you must know your enemy. Knowing your enemy in this case is not humans, flesh and blood, but against the rules, ruler of the dark darkness of this world. Read Ephesians six and twelve. Because warfare is a spiritual attack, you cannot win this battle in the flesh. Second Corinthians ten four tells us for the weapons of our warfare are not chronic but mighty through God to pull down strongholds. Lucifer and his fallen cannot stand against the word of God. Lucifer and his fallen cannot stand against the words of God. You do remember Ephesians 6 and 11 and 17 put on the full armor of God. Warfare is the sole reason why we wear our armor. You really need to understand we cannot win this battle with our human strength. Always keep, it, always keep your mind on Acts, 16, 19, on Acts 19 and 16. It's a strong example of not knowing Jesus and trying to fight demons. Acts, 6, Acts 19 and 16 shows without Jesus you have no authority or power over demons. Understanding this changed my life and my walk with Christ. And I know it can change yours if you choose you to learn to use fight in your battles with the divine weapons of Christ. Put on your full armor of God. Wear the armor of God. Your helmet of salvation. Your helmet of salvation is like Matt Needle's helmet to Professor X. When Matt Needle don't have his helmet on, Professor X can get into his head. When Matt Needle put his helmet on, X can't get into his head. When you're him of salvation on, Lucifer can't get into your head. You block it. You can hear from God. And with your shield and your sword and your strong belt and your shoes, you're ready to go to war. You need your armor of God on because you still, we fight everyday demons from the time you wake up to when you go to bed, it even affect your dreams. So you've got to put that full armor of God on at all times. Now, my brother King David knew the power that resided in God. Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Be my fortress against those who are attacking me, Psalms 59 and 1. If you know who King David is, you know when he prayed, God moved on his behalf. This is a good example if you trust in God, your enemies and all that attack you will fall. The result of the warfare from Lucifer's attacks and his demons attacking us leads us into what's called wounded souls. Wounded souls are a major gateway into, demonic, into the demonic realm. We all have a soul, and our souls get hurt through our own sins or the sins of other people against us. Horrible, horrible traumatic events such as rape, molestation, witnessing a murder, suicide in a family and so on. Deeply, deeply wounded souls are wide open doors to complete possessions of that person by demonic forces. Our souls are our mind, our thoughts, our will, the so very thing demons seek to control in order to possess us. By controlling your thoughts, you get what is called rejected. Souls, which leads to abandonment and neglect. Betrayed souls, which leads to disappointment, frustration, discouragement, bitterness, rage, hatred, poor self-image. Fearful souls leads to abuse, abuse, rape, molestation. This opens the door to the demonic of torture, lies, deception, and self-hatred. Lost and wandering souls lead to indecisive, easy and easily influenced, double-minded, insecure, a workaholic, lacks commitment, and may be affected by the demon of divorce, distrust, or tiredness. Humility and embarrassment. This demon manifests in insecurities, pure self-image of oneself, fear of other people. Fear of failure, isolation, distrust, and anger. Remember, demons work together. You do remember Mark 5 and 9, when um, the demon, nah, I'm sorry, Matthew 12, 43 and 45, the lesions. Wounded, wounds of condemned, condemned, souls, condemned souls lead to harsh and excessive discipline, guilt and shame, hostile, cruel, anger, and bitter, conflicted souls, unreliable, highly creative, or a visionary, indecisive, double-minded, unstable, powerful, over-committed, or lack commitment. When our thoughts are under attack, it causes a weakness that breaks down our identity. The fact of being who or what a person or thing is. And this is the goal of demons, to confuse you so they can slip in. Fallen angels. Demons are actually fallen angels. One-third of angels that was expelled from heaven because of the original sin of rebellion from Lucifer's powerful spirit against God. Let's examine some scriptures based on their existence. Okay. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fairy-rigged dragon drew the third of the stars, angels of heavens, and thrown them to the earth. Revelations 12 and 34. And a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven, any longer So the great dragon was cast out And the serpent The great dragon was cast out That serpent of old Called the devil and Satan Who deceived the whole world He was cast to earth And his angels, demons Was cast out with him Revelations 12, 7, 17 Right now, we to take a little pause And we're going to ask you If there's anyone right now That knows Bottom line, you know you need Jesus you know you're under attack. You know your daily life. You know what you're going through. You know what you're facing. And you know you, that heart pulling, the Holy Spirit is pulling that heart on you and keep telling you, call on the Lord, call on the Lord. Look, if you want to call on the Lord, this is the way you can do it. You repeat pray after Jesus and lie. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask for you to come into my heart. I accept you as my personal Savior, for I need you to help me get my life straight. If you said that, you know, to set the crap was your personal savior. We now have um, Purpose Kingdom strongly suggest you find a strong Bible-based study church that can help you on your path. No we'll not call Brother Rob for the announcements. Brother Rob.
0: Yes. Thank you, ben. It's time for tonight's uh, show. I uh, really appreciate it and enjoyed it, especially any, anybody can uh, involve the X-Men in it. Uh, I really like that show. So, uh thanks so much and also thanks for your dedication. Uh last week we did have technical problems and this week you didn't um look at it as a chore, you looked at it as a duty to uh come on the air. I appreciate you for doing that. All right, and real this to the of purpose kingdom I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are, whether you're listening to us on phone or via internet, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support for us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. We also thank those to share with your friends and family members. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. When we do a live show, we do have a calling number, which is 319-527-6091. We also invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is at Purpose Kingdom Facebook. We can see our upcoming shows and advertisements, and from time to time, we do make major announcements on this social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter under the handle Purpose underscore Kingdom. Also, check out our radio network, pkn.com, where you can hear 24 hours of music of inspiration. Uh, also, uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at purposekingdomnet at gmail.com where you can see your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or give us a, a praise report. We greatly appreciate that. Also, if you're in need of a Bible, leave your contact information there, and we'll see about getting your Bible. Okay, guys, one God's blessing. Hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for DTW Ministries, and that's going to be hosted by Reverend Aaron Williams. Once again, with, God, with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening for DTW Ministries, and it's going to be hosted by Reverend Aaron Williams. Okay, with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and uh, thanks so much, Evangelist Todd, and the show is back in your hands.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please, brothers, check out that show tomorrow. Always, you always bring a strong word. <laughs> if you're looking for a strong word tomorrow night, tune in there. No other, like mediums, Claim to have the power to expel, cast out demons. This is impossible. Not knowing the right prayers, can make, right, right, right prayers to make can cause the demon to go into hiding. A person who has been exercised by the medium or someone that thinks they have the power, this person will believe that they have been set free. But sooner or later, the demon will manifest itself again usually with worse effects than before. Remember what God said about that in Mark, in, in, in Mark 5 and 9, that they, when they came back in, the man was in a worse state than he was in before, as he's saying here again. No other power drives demons out, expelled, except the power in Jesus Christ's name. Apostle Paul proved it in Acts 16 and 18. Always keep on your mind. If you need help from a demon, remember always, remember always. People like having an ego and think they have the power, and have the answer to do anything. Just remember Acts nineteen thirteen and sixteen, basically saying you need help on this level. You can find out, you can find help. You can always find that help, but don't deal with people that think they just know, like a medium or someone that think no. Don't do that. Don't go to just anybody. And you have you need help with this type of error right here. Ask God to send you help, and He will send it to you. Cause you gotta remember Acts 19, where these Jewish exorcists had no personal faith in Christ, but they had observed how Apostle Paul had successfully had successfully defeated demons in the name of Jesus. So they think, but they so they thought through their pride, they can do the same thing too. No, but the possessed men. But the possessed men, remember what the word of God said when they went up to them to these possessed people, the possessed men with the demons inside of them jumped on these priests, prevailed over them. That's what demons do. Demons love to fight. <laughs> they, as you read Revelation twelve seven, it says they love that they fought in heaven. So, and that was a battle for them in heaven because they lost that battle. Do you think without Christ you're a battle for them? God is showing you without Jesus, this is what you this is what will happen to you when you start to play with spirits that you think is going to bow down to you or, or, or obey you, as Acts nineteen and sixteen. So demons know is you are with Jesus or not. Matthew, Mark, and Acts shown demons have so shown demons have a will emotions intellect meaning they're smart self-awareness remember mark 9 and 5 we are the legion ability to speak acts 19 16 and mark 5 now proved that because jesus had a conversation with them and they had a conversation with the dude <laughs> but if you know jesus christ and Jesus knows you. You have all you need to cast out a demon, clean the house, and knowing what Lucifer's voice sounds like—that's one of the perks you get when you're walking with Christ. He lets you be able to identify His voice and what Lucifer's voice sounds like, and that's where your victory comes in. All this, this, all this is all through the authority and the power through Christ's name. It all resides in Jesus name. If you have having problems, like right now and you feeling some spirits around you and you want to get rid of them, just call them Lord Jesus, be with me. Just say Jesus while I'm here. Please be with me. Focus on Jesus right now. I'm telling you, you start to pull that spirit onto you, those spirits will leave. They cannot dwell in the same house when spirit of Christ come in. They can't be there. They got to go. But you got to understand, as Mark 12 43 and forty five shows you they'll leave. They're gonna come back. And they find that house empty, swept and garnished, I mean you keep it for them. If a demon is bothering you cast that demon out. You keep the spirit of God around you. If you know you're dealing with something supernatural and Jesus coming, get rid of that supernatural, how can you walk away from Christ from that point on? Because one, God revealed to you the spirit of the demons and two, the only thing to get rid of that was Jesus. There's nothing else on this earth that can get rid of that but Jesus. So now you know that's on this earth. Wouldn't you want to walk with Jesus to keep that from ever coming to you again? So in closing, as always, Jesus and I want to leave you with something to think on. Ye are of, ye are of God, little children, and, and have overcome them, meaning de- demons, Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, 1 John 4 and 4. Father God, I come to you now only once again and strictly in spirit and only in truth, always glorifying you, always blessing you, always thanking you, and always just saying thanks for everything. I come now, Father God, just saying thanks for my words that went forth, Father God, knowing your words, what a you were set forth for to do. I came to victory over Lucifer and all the strongholds he had on all those that listening, Father God, and all the problems he's causing people, Father God. May thy wisdom of Jesus Christ be upon him, Father God, to know, not to just play around, but truly have a desire to be with Christ. And that is a truthfully and the only way they would get rid of demons. May your wisdom walk with them, Father God, and enlighten their path. Only in Jesus Christ the blessed the holy name I came to Brittany written over Lucifer, all that's fallen with him, and all that's influenced by him. And in my master, Lord, and Savior, the name Father God, thine son, Jesus Christ, Father God, I glorify you, I exalt you, and I bless you. Only in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Be blessed.
0: Jesus led. He raised me, he I will, will not lose. lose. He saved me, I, I will, will lose. not lose. <laughs> me free, I, I will, will lose. not lose. Never want to see me down, I will not, not lose. Not.